Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having an amazing, beautiful, grounded day so far. Oh, man, where do I even start with this week's incredible guest, Miss Janique Roney? So Janique is one of the brightest lights I know. She is literally one of my favorite people on the planet. And we met about a year and a half ago at a healing retreat where her and her late husband who had stage four cancer showed up to begin doing emotional healing work. And over the next six to eight months, I got to see her and her family do profound levels of healing. And I got to see her change. I got to see her husband change. Her husband died last July. And she has just been nothing but one of the most inspiring reminders of what it means to love and what it means to step into our light, even if there's darkness and shadow and pain in our past. And I just really love this episode. You know, Janique goes by the gutsy mom on Instagram. She has thousands of people that she inspires to do the healing work, both from a physical standpoint, by taking care of nutrition and and really leaning into the body as a, as a mirror for where you're at alongside the spiritual and the mental and the emotional aspects of doing healing work to live our most healthiest, vibrant lives. And, you know, the last few episodes, we've really focused a lot, at least on this podcast, like the last few episodes have really been focused on navigating the shadow. And I wanted to bring on a few examples of human beings that are are really doing that work by going into their darkness, by feeling the pain, and then coming out on the other side with so much love and lightness in their hearts. And Janique, I mean, this episode was no different. We went so deep into her own journey of healing, into uh, her own shadow and the aspects of ourselves of ourselves that we were denying, what's showing up in humanity as a result, how doing and really going into her, into the darkness of herself has allowed her to show up with more love for her kids and so much more. I mean, this was just such a nourishing conversation recorded live at her home. And I just, I, I think you, I love Johnique. She is literally, literally one of my favorite people on the planet. And I just know that all of you are also going to find her courage inspiring, her enthusiasm just nourishing and her sweet, sweet, sweet soul just connecting. I just can't wait for you guys to get to know. So enjoy this episode. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes or any Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we've released a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox and give yourself a big hug. We love you. Um, we're so grateful that we get to have these conversations and share them in this way with all of you. So thank you for giving this podcast a voice. Thank you for giving me a platform to share things that light me up and I'm just so grateful. So without further ado, here is my dear friend, Miss Shanique Roney. Enjoy.
Yo, 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 what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. Oh, my sister. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, me. Oh, you. <laughs> here we are. We made it. We're here. We finally made it. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, Raj and I are basically energetic soul twins. Oh, man, I, I, I literally cannot describe just another human being that I adore and love more than Janique. Mm, I mean, you same. really are just one of my favorite humans. And the idea of, of soul twins, like not just like in life and in our personalities, how we show up, but like even what we're going through. I know. It's like <laughs> a mirror of each other. But you, you kind of go through it like three months before me. <laughs> And then I come to you and I'm like, so I'm going through the same thing. And what did you do? And how did you get through it? And you're like, well, I'm still in it. So I'll tell you in a few more months. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> but it's it's actually just makes me love you so much because I, I see you in it. And you've had such a journey. Yeah. You know, we've known each other for now about a year and almost a half a and almost. And a half, yeah. yeah. And like mm-hmm. just the journey I've seen you go through with your own healing it's and Tristan and the ride, kids yeah. and the businesses and just all of it. Like it's been remarkable. Thank you. And I'd love to maybe start there just, I guess like a year and a half to now, mm-hmm. if you could like go backwards mm-hmm. to the moment that you started really looking at yourself and, and, and starting to heal mm-hmm. and in different ways, right? Like, cause you've done a lot of work just from like the, the physical side, right. but the emotional side, the mental side, the spiritual side, like, what would you say to that, Janique, that was just starting this journey? Mm. I would say start with the mind, start with the shadow work. So I, I guess I should tell people my story, right? Yeah, like, let's start who, there. who am I? Who is this weirdo? <laughs> so uh, just over five years ago, my husband was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, I was 20 weeks pregnant at the time, and it's it has this for symbolism, right? We were at the same hospital, and I was having an ultrasound on one level, and he was having a colonoscopy on the other level at the exact same time. And so here, I'm having a moment of looking at life, and he's having a moment of looking at death. And uh, I finish my ultrasound, and I go three stories up on this in this hospital to pick him up, and I realized everything was not okay, and that they found a large mass, which they assumed was a tumor, and it was stage four rectal cancer. So we did the whole conventional route for a year for surgeries, chemo, radiation, like so much mainstream stuff. And basically a year later, the doctor's like, well, it's still growing in your lungs, even though we cut out the big tumor in your rectum and we removed your rectum and all this stuff. Um, Like you probably have two years to live if you're lucky. And it devastated us, right? But now I'm this mom of a, a newborn, you know, and a three-year-old and my and my husband's not going to live anymore, you know, and this is what I was told. But it took like two or three days for me to wake up from this, like being literally like side slapped and in shock and just like having this pity party for myself. There was something in me that was like, don't give up. There's more. There's more outside of this realm and I started just researching like a crazy ninja. And like I would like spend hours researching and researching like there's got to be more. There's other ways. I know nutrition and health. And like I know, like I know the alternative world. There's, there's more tools. How can I get my hands on these tools? And basically I would come up from like, like weeks of researching. I'd be like, Tristan, we need to buy a hyperbaric chamber. And then I'd be like, Tristan, we need ozone therapy. 
And then he'd be like, okay, I'm going to start researching different types of... And so we bought like an ozone machine and we bought a hyperbaric chamber, like a hard shell medical grade hyperbaric chamber. And we somehow (laughs) a few months later started a wellness clinic. And basically I was, I, I wanted to bring all these therapies that they do in other countries and I wanted to bring them home because I knew like we couldn't just fly to a country for a month and be like, oh, you're done. I'm like, no, this is going to be a long, long journey. We need these therapies consistently. And so we dived into the research of nutrition and food and health and wellness. And we started with with the physical, right? Like change the cells, change the body, change the pH, change. But I wish if I could go back, I wish I could have said, start with the shadow work, start mm. with the mind. And it's funny because I've created, like, now I have this online platform where I've co-created a course with Gina Warfel on teaching people how to be their own self-healing heroes um, and not rely on the medical world to to heal them because we have to heal ourselves, right? It's our responsibility to heal ourselves. But my order of healing is number one is mindset. So mm-hmm. that question so beautiful because... As I started, we did the physical healing for like three years and his cancer came back. And I knew I was like, we're missing a component and he hasn't healed his heart. Mm. And part of healing his heart was healing his shadow self and doing the mindset work and healing the stresses and the traumas and going into childhood stuff. There's a part of me that's like, man, if we started there, would I be telling a different story? Because unfortunately, my husband died last year, July 8th. And I wonder, I'm like, if we started from the beginning with mindset and unpacking and changing the energy, because your shadow work, your mindset, those subconscious programs is what governs everything in your body. It's the control center. It's the thermostat to the house, right? And so if we can change those programs and if we can reframe our stories and if we can go into that work and unveil it and befriend it and literally change our neuroplasticity to create different neurological chemicals in our brain, which will change the chemistry in our body, we can be different people. We can have different health outcomes. I think there's just not like a, like no one teaches that. We get stuck into these, these patterns, these habits, these, these beliefs that we are the way we are. We were born the way we are. Mm. My mom was like this. I am like this. It's the shadow, right? And, Mm -hmm. And it's so tricky. And I, and I love that you're correlating the mind and the shadow together mm-hmm. because that's the piece that like the shadow is not for the faint of heart. No, there's a lot of darkness, especially in the journey of cancer, right? Like I, I mean, Tristan, like we, we saw Tristan in the last you know six months of his life really dive into this work and the mm-hmm. stuff that was coming up wasn't for the faint of heart. No, There's so much pain. So like, how do you, I guess in that, realm like when you know that there's although you know that the shadow can be something that can be really beneficial to go into mm-hmm. when there's that much pain and there's that much hurt how do you inspire the courage to do it anyways oh man this isn't going to be a great answer but how uncomfortable are you now because if you're willing to just have vanilla flavored life fine. Like you are in choice. If there are things happening in your life right now that are uninspiring and you're stuck, you're choosing that every single day, but you're the only person to blame. So how uncomfortable are you right now? Mm. Because I promise you shadow work, yes, it's uncomfortable, but it will make everything so much better in the future, Mm. right? It's like, just let's just rip off that bandaid, go in, uncover And I promise you the fruits of that labor will inspire you every single day. 
So do you want vanilla ice cream every day or do you want like Rocky Road and do you want like all these other flavors in your life? Is that making sense? Yeah. And how have you, I guess like I would love to come back to your journey because mm-hmm. I've just seen so much growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are not the same Janique <laughs> oh that I met, right? Like, and she yeah. was lovely. She was amazing. So a, she- a mutual friend called me a quivering tree. She said, <laughs> when I met you, you were a qu- like you, your leaves were just quivering. And that's how I was. Like my nervous system was so shot. Yeah. But I honestly was so uncomfortable with life and I knew the stress. I like, I literally told myself because I went to a therapist, right? And I was conceptualizing all my trauma and I was understanding it from a mind space, but my heart walls were so massive. Like I couldn't feel into it. I couldn't drop into my body. When people told me, go meditate. I was like, how dare you tell me to sit for two minutes? Like, oh my gosh, that's so insulting. I have things to do. Like I was so activated and I was so uncomfortable. And even remember telling myself like, I'm probably going to die in 10 years from all of this stress and there's nothing I can do about it. I was like, that was my reality. I was like, I'm going to die from this. Like what I'm going through with Tristan right now, it's, it's killing him, but it's killing me. And my nervous system is shot and that's okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to die here. Right. But I, got so uncomfortable and so desperate that I was just like, I was at this point, I'm like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. When someone's life is on the line and when you, when you're like, oh, my life is probably on the line in 10 years. What was the thing that pushed me over the, I was, it was just hope. I, I wear this bracelet and it says the best is yet to come. Mm, and I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm ready to try anything. I'm ready to go. Like, let's go. Let's keep going because rather out than in. Because there's like, I realize I'm like, there's stuff inside of me and it's literally tearing me apart. Like it, from the inside out, my body is being destroyed and I am uncomfortable, but I have two children. I have two young children and I have this company that I need to run. And I have this husband that's depending on me, you know, and he's going to be disabled soon. Like I have to show up now. And so yeah. rather out than in, get it all out. And I can, oh my gosh, you guys. It is so much better on the other side. And and trust me, I'm still doing my shadow work. I am. But life is fuller and richer. And so like I am in awe every day, every day for existing. Like you, you wake up and there's this lightness and you're, you just feel inspired. I no longer have the layers of darkness and anxiety. Like I'm still a fairly anxious person, but not nearly where I was before. And so my question to you is, are you desperate enough? Do you want it enough? Or are you okay being a little bit uncomfortable right now? If, if you're looking at your life right now and you're like, this isn't the life I want to live, it's a reflection of your shadow. Do you want to get to a place where you're so inspired by yourself that you're willing to go into the darkness and uncover the light? I'll also say that like going into the darkness is not something you should do alone. Mm-hmm. No. And this is, I think, a big piece of it. Like, you know, we've... I, I can't stress that enough. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go dive into my shadow, don't mm-hmm. do it alone. Mm-hmm. Do it with people. Yes. Do it with friends. Talk about what's showing up. Because I think for me, in my past, in my life, when I gave light to the aspects of myself that I was judging, that I was shaming, that I was guilty of, when I gave light and I allowed the shadow to breathe and grow and dance and, and manifest mm-hmm. itself in front of me. When I, when I stopped denying and deflecting the shadow and the aspects of me that were not true, that is when I started truly expanding. 
And my nervous system started calming down because I wasn't fighting myself. You know, we talk a lot about the light and the dark, you know, the duality that exists in all of us, the duality that exists in humanity. Mm -hmm. I think we have this obsession with the positivity movement Mm -hmm. where we want to just go into the light, into the light, into the light. But in that, though, if you keep going into the light, you end up with the diseases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You end up with the things that 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 you don't really want mm-hmm. because the the darkness is what's manifesting everything you have in your life right right and uh i i'm curious to know i guess like you know you've you said soften the walls around your heart what does that mean mm, i think soften the walls around my heart means that i was able to like lay down my weapon weapons of my stories because like my story was i'm strong i've got this I'm aggressive because I'm strong. And it's actually, no, I'm aggressive because I'm scared. Mm. And so like, so softening my heart walls was being like, oh, I actually need people. Oh, I actually can't do this alone. Oh, I'm actually terrified. And I need people to hold me. I need people to help me get like, I like my cup is so empty. I need people to fill it for me. I need healthy people to help me so that I can get the energy to fill it up myself. So it's admitting the things that you're mm-hmm. afraid to admit. Yeah, yes. And and then allowing love to come in because we all have these heart walls where we, we feel like we have to jump through hoops to get love. Mm. Like we, we think we understand unconditional love, but the majority of us operate off of transactional love, right? I'll use myself as an example, right? Look, I'm a strong, independent woman. Look, I created a company and I'm saving my husband from cancer. And look at me tell thousands of people online how to do it too. That's transactional love because I'm actually looking for a reaction in return. I didn't do that for me because I'm a strong person. I did that to get a reaction out of people. And when someone was like, you don't love, someone told me, you don't love yourself. You are looking for validation from your world. So when someone was telling me the story of like, this is how you love yourself. Let your walls down. Let other people love you until you can learn it yourself. And I hope that's making sense, right? Because there's the heart walls and then there's the learning transactional love and abundant, unconditional love. And I think we create these heart walls because we think we have unconditional love, but it's actually been transactional love and we've been burned throughout the past, right? Like I showed up for you in this way, but you didn't love me in a way that I was expecting you to. So heart wall. Right now, I, I now I'm blocking you a little bit yeah, instead of like having compassion and being like, I, I'm giving you love regardless of how you show up for me. I'm going to give you all my love. And if you give me nothing in return, that's OK. But this transactional love has taught us, I, I love you. Say it back. I'm doing this for you. Do it back for me. Yeah. And if you don't, heart wall, heart wall, heart wall. And so relearning that I get to love myself unconditionally, regardless of how much love I get from other people was tremendous and also very, very scary Yeah, because it makes you, again, look at your shadow and be like, what? I'm a strong, independent female. I love myself. And I was like, actually, I don't. That's the thing. That's the thing, right? The shadow are those those stories. Mm-hmm. The stories that we do not want to admit. No. So, we just don't want to. We don't want to, we, uh, we don't want to admit that, oh, I might actually need mm-hmm. to be held every now and then. We right. might not want to admit that, oh, man, I may actually really really be bad at this thing I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. We may not want to admit that, oh, wow, I actually don't have any control over the fact if this person lives or dies. Right. Like right. these are all things that we are like 
denying, mm-hmm. running from, mm-hmm. sprinting, mm-hmm. if we would. But the problem is it's inside of us. Yeah. So you're not actually running from it. You're just burying it. Burying it. Mm-hmm. Until it just gets so big and so gnarly that it right. starts to manifest in different forms, whether right. it's in a trigger where and you yell at somebody or right. in a breakup or in a catastrophe of some sort, or even in the form of physical disease. Right. 100%. And that's the... And, and and that's the piece I, I, I'm now in hindsight starting to see so clearly, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I think I, I love the idea of coming back to where, you know, you started and really looking at the journey yeah. and the heart walls. So like, I guess now when you uncover a wall, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. So when you uncover a wall, normally an emotion comes up, right? Sometimes we can react from an emotion, but what I now do because of like lots of practice is I step back and I watch and I, and I, and I look at it and it's like, Hmm, that's interesting that that energy came up. Let me go and talk to a friend about it. And so I try to conceptualize it and then I try to feel into it and then I try to move it through me and just be like, Oh, that's an old story and an old pattern. And it's just old energy. Let me move it. And for me, moving it is, hiking or listening to music or running or exercising or deep breathing or grounding outside. So it's all just energy and it just needs to be moved out of you. You don't have, it's not who you are. It's just something that was buried inside of you. You are not the energy inside of you. You're just the container, right? And so if anger comes up in me, it's like, oh, anger is just because of something. It was an energy that I pushed down maybe years ago and it's coming up and I don't have to do anything with, I don't have to, let's say it's anger at like a sibling or something. I don't have to go and talk to my sibling about it because that's old energy. I'm just like, Oh, there you are. And then you can like, thank your body. Be like, body, thank you for holding that for me and waiting for the, the perfect opportunity for me to release it. And then you release it through all those techniques that I said, music, grounding, you know, running, exercising, but I, I kind of want to, I, I want to go back a little bit, if that's okay, yeah, yeah. to the unconditional love thing and shadow work, right? Because this is how deep it goes. And the, this is something Britt Lefko taught me. And Britt's been on your podcast. If you guys go listen, Britt is yeah. brilliant. Britt's amazing. <laughs> but, but she helped me realize with another friend that because, you know, I'm successful and I, I work hard and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's my story, right? And that came from childhood because... In order for me to get love and recognition, I would get A's. And then, and, and again, I'm not blaming my parents for anything, right? They, we all do the best we can. And my parents loved the heck out of me. But every time I'd get an A on my report card, oh my gosh, look at our daughter. She's so smart. She's so, and then they'd be like, ooh, I'm valuable. So I would jump through hoops like a performing monkey with grades and with sports to be valuable yeah. in the world. Now, get this. What if your value is just the fact that you exist and you breathe air? That's it. You are valuable just because you exist. You don't have to, you don't have to be a performing monkey. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be anything. The fact that you are alive is enough. And nobody teaches us that from childhood. It's like, act a certain way, be quiet, do as I tell you. And therefore I will love you because you will be rewarded with not anger. Well, and the and the compassion in all of this is that that's how our parents were raised. Exactly. And that's so how it's their just parents trauma. were raised. Mm-hmm. And it's this generational passing of that conditional nature to the love. And because like if I, my mom, for example, right? Like it's so interesting. Like I was just spending a week with my parents and I was talking to my mom about this. And like, we were talking about the way that I grew up. Right. And my parents loved the heck out of me, but 
in what you're saying, like I resonate with that a lot. Like yeah. when I did well, I got celebrated more. <laughs> or I got gifted something or wow. I got celebrated or I got like talked about, mm-hmm. like, you know, talking to other aunties and uncles and everybody would be like, oh, Raj is doing so great. Mm-hmm. And when that happens as a child, you start to realize, oh my God, that feels so good. I'm important. I'm needed. I'm valued mm-hmm. for doing all these things. Let me jump through more hoops and get more recognition and look how loved I am. Look how loved. And that's the story of, and, and as a child that doesn't have all the facts or doesn't yeah. know any better, right. it just becomes a story. But in my parents' eyes, they loved me. Mm-hmm. They were supportive. They never put me down. They were. Yeah. And yeah. so like, even in the positive, the children can still learn 100%. things about their self-worth, whether the parents were doing well or not. And like, and that's a really important piece because I hear this so many times with people doing the work and myself, even like, I didn't have trauma. My parents were so good to me. Yeah. I didn't have trauma. You're right. You didn't have a quote unquote, what they would call a traumatic experience, right. but you still learned something about your self-worth mm-hmm. based on the way that your actions were received, acknowledged and celebrated. A million percent, right? hundred percent. Yes. And that is shadow work right there. And most people that have the hardest time doing shadow work are the ones that quote unquote, don't have trauma. I wasn't sexually abused. I wasn't beat. I wasn't abandoned. It's like, Yes, but it's the more subtle, like shadow. It's like the, it's the more subtle stories and programs that you are running off of that have been so normalized in society. That's your shadow work. And it's recognizing that you have to go into the quote unquote normal issues that are actually not normal, right? Like for instance, there's a lot of like, let's, let's go back to the child thing, right? How many parents put so much value on their kids doing well in sports and doing well in school, right? Like, like, let's say you're second grader. How many of you are like, you need to do all your homework and do other things. That's passing on like a a message of transactional love. So that's so subtle and it's so benign, we think, but you're giving them a message that their value is based off of schoolwork and sports. Well, and to that point, I'll also say like, especially for children of immigrants. Which we our, both are. <laughs> right. Our parents came yeah. to the United States with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. so for their mindset, it was, okay, look, like I want my children to not have to go through the same hardships mm-hmm. I did. So even that idea was well-founded. Right. It yes. came from a lot of love yes. of not wanting children to suffer. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so but that's the tricky aspect mm-hmm. of the shadow. It's the tricky aspect because... When you start to look at it from the lens of normal, I'm so glad you brought up the lens of normal. Mm -hmm. You start to say, oh, wait, no, but that makes sense. But it's almost like you have to change the entire paradigm. Totally. Right? And that's Mm -hmm. why I think the jump from unconditional to conditional or conditional to unconditional, like Mm -hmm. they're two separate operating systems. Yeah. Conditional is you did this, therefore you are X. Mm-hmm. Unconditional is you were born this. Yes. You are this. The odds of you being alive, mm-hmm. my goodness, my goodness. The amazing. Odds of you being alive mm-hmm. at the perfect time I to know. be here, like on this floating blue speck of dust in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> like, what? Right. <laughs> like, we get to play on this speck of dust, and it's like, it's gorgeous and like the odds of this speck of dust existing with life form is like one in a million trillion right and yet here we are that's the unconditional awe and love it's like we just are but our human brains our lizard brains right they create the stories and they create the conditions and they create the rules and they create the hoops that we have to jump through 
And we just need to unravel that and undo that. And that's well, where the shadow work lies. And, it's hard, and that's why it's hard to do on your own. Right. Or it's hard to do when you're surrounded by people that are validating your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, you're stuck. You, It makes sense. Go, go, go. It's really hard to get out. And, you know, for me, like, that's why, you know, doing in our community, like, right? Like, like we have an amazing community that we meet up and like having people that are also looking at this stuff and yes. wanting and, and trying to actually shift the energy from where like the world around you is kind of looking to something else. Like, I think mirrors are so important, yeah. right? And and I, I think we can all consciously choose our mirrors. Yeah. I feel this so much. Like I, I even like, even just witnessing you in the last year, I've learned so much about myself. Mm-hmm. Gina, the same way, like witnessing her over the last year, yeah. I have learned so much about myself. Like, yeah. and, I, and I think if we can begin to actually look at where we are uncomfortable and allow that to be the guiding light, the North Star, right. the the thing that truly evokes a layer of, of new healing, a new love, a new way of, of being in the yeah. world. I think it just creates such a ripple. Yeah. And and the shadow can't win. The shadow loses to love. Like the shadow is powered by fear. Yeah. We are powered by love. And and that's what makes I think shadow work and the idea of so valuable mm-hmm. and so important because it's it's truly the fight, not even a fight, but it's like, it's fear versus love. Like, mm-hmm. what are we choosing? Mm-hmm. Are we choosing to live our lives governed by constructs, rules, ideas, religion, societal constructs, mm-hmm. conditional natures of our transactional relationships? Right. Are we choosing to stay trapped? Are we allowing the hearts to fly right. and be free? I want to reframe that and be like, are we allowing darkness in the world? Because mm. we are like... Again, in a smaller context of shadow, like a globe, because there's our personal shadow work and then there's like global shadow work, yeah, right? right? Everything that we see in the world, like, so let's take our personal lives. Everyone that's in your life, everything that's in your life, your job, your friends, your your relationships, like that is all a reflection of your shadow work. So if you're looking at your friends and your job and you're like, I don't like it, you chose that. You were in choice subconsciously. Right. Subconsciously, you allowed these things in your life. You allowed this because the shadow work hasn't been dived into yet. So if you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't actually like my partner. I hate my job. I'm actually really miserable. I'm numbed out. It's because you haven't allowed yourself to go into your shadow and reveal it. Now, globally speaking, let me go back to my main point. Our shadow is we allow poverty and hunger and racism. Like that is a reflection of us on a global standpoint, right? And we currently use tools of debate to try and fix that, right? Whereas the shadow work is maybe we are trying to shift the energy of the world wrong, right? We're trying to come at it cerebrally, like I'm right. Look at these facts. Look at these things. You need to change. And really... If we all, and maybe I'm like, this is way too big. So tell me if I'm making sense. But what we really need to do is stop debating out there and go more internal. Because when we change our internal world, the external world will change. And slowly we will start to come at our big world problems from a more transcended space and realm, right? And instead of trying to logically fix world hunger and racism, we will change the hearts of people globally. And then those systems will start to change. You know, I am a big, big, big believer in that. 
like you are the you are the change. You are the change. Yes, you are the ripple, and I and be the change you wish to see in the world. Well, and yes. I and I think about you know the idea of ripples. Like for me, and I was having a conversation with a friend over dinner the other night, and we were talking about impact and making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you actually tried to sit there and calculate how much impact you've made, yeah, I know mm-hmm. there's people that track you know how many dollars they've donated or how many mm-hmm. hours they've spent, or mm-hmm. you know there's tangible things you can track, but to think that the conversation you had with a loved one when mm-hmm. they were having a hard time didn't change their world. Yeah. To think that the tip you left a cab driver couldn't mm-hmm. have just changed his day. Mm-hmm. To think that the you holding the door open or when you were sitting next to someone on a plane and you had a conversation with them and right. it like helped them feel less lonely. There's so many of these touch points that we yes. have mm-hmm. that are a reflection of who we are. Right. It's not anything about the the tangible. It's like mm-hmm. how we're showing up, how yeah. we're vibrating. What is the energy that's being felt by the people around us? Mm-hmm. And that energy, if it's not worked on, yeah. it is it is unconsciously dense, mm-hmm. right? It is yeah. carrying that fear, the guilt, the shame. Like yeah. I can feel when I'm in the presence with somebody who has a lot of like unresolved or unfelt shame mm-hmm. and guilt yeah. mm-hmm. and judgment, like mm-hmm. I can feel it. Yeah. Like, Versus someone else who's like, who's done more of the the shadow work to really integrate and love themselves and see themselves in wholeness. Yeah. And when they show up, it's like bright. And, and we mm-hmm. all know these people, like you can yeah. feel certain people who you're like, they're just naturally seem to light up and like, yeah. you can feel that. Well, and it's a natural lightness because there are also other people that are bubbly, but you're like, whoa, like this is manic energy, happy, right? So there's the natural lightness and joy when people go internally, but there's also the facade of everything's fine. I'm fine. Look, I'm fine. See, I'm fine. And so there's a difference there, right? A subtle difference. And it's important to note that because I think Mm -hmm. we tend to look with our eyes Mm -hmm. instead of feel with our hearts. Right. Right. That's how we are as a culture. We Mm -hmm. see somebody successful. We see somebody dressed well. We see somebody pretty. We see everything as an external, Mm -hmm. like instead of actually feeling and connecting and being present. And I I think that's, that's what truly, like, I love what you're saying because Mm -hmm. I, I believe that more than anything. Like, this is why I'm so passionate about even this podcast and creating these resources. It's because when we choose, and it's a choice. Yeah to go into ourselves, to love ourselves. It's a choice to embrace our wholeness. It's a choice to forgive somebody who hurt us. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's our, it's our choice to, to be honest and truthful, even if it doesn't feel easy to do so. It's a choice. And that choice is the, is what I feel the world is lacking right now. Mm -hmm. Like we are, we aren't choosing love and we're not connecting with that in us, which is then fragmenting us from being able to connect to it with the environment, with causes, with others who may be different from us or have differing opinions. I mean, right now we're living in a time with so much division, so much, so much noise. Mm -hmm. Well, and look how that's bleeding into other aspects of our world. Like not only do we hate each other more, but we are destroying the planet faster and faster and faster. We're the most unhealthy we've ever been. So even with all of our knowledge, like we, we're trying to use our minds and our brains to fix problems, but we're actually not going into the shadow, into the heart to fix the problems. Yeah. And so I hope what people take away from this is if you try like cerebr- cerebrally fix your issues, 
they're probably just going to get worse. Like, look at our planet right now. We're the smartest we've ever been. We have more technology than ever, more medicine, more medications than ever. But we're the sickest and the unhealthiest and the unhappiest. And this planet is like buried in toxic sludge. Like, we are diseased. We're yeah. diseased. And it's because we're not doing the right work. We're trying to come at it from a brain well, and not a heart. And in another way of saying that, like, we're treating the symptoms instead of healing the root cause. Yes. Right? Like the symptoms were like, oh, yes. wow, we are. And this is something, the mind is a beautiful place. And mm -hmm. we're talking about the mind in that like, it were very cerebral. The mind has its place when it's in service of the heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. When right? it's in service of the heart. Yeah. Yes. When, when the mind is disconnected, mm -hmm. which I feel like most of us are, right? Like yeah. most of us are very disconnected from our feelings. Most yeah. of us and very warranted, right? Like Hardship is real, mm -hmm. right? Like we all experience hardship in life. Sure, yeah. We all have experienced some level of, 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 of a life experience that has shaped a reality or a view of the world that we carry with us today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to discount that. And it's so important to not let those things carry because if we keep doing that, we're just going to get worse. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. that's the shadow. Like I think shadow work is. You know, the last few episodes, guys, I know we've literally, this is all we've been talking about. <laughs> like I was literally talking to Janique earlier. Like we're like, what should we talk about Janique? And then she's like, well, I've been really looking at shadow work. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like in my mind, I was like, damn it. Like, but at the same time, I was like, it makes so like, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. so relevant. Yeah. Right. Like in all of our lives, like yeah. right now after 2020 yeah. and 2021. Oh my gosh. Right. Like this is where we need to go. What's really beautiful too. And I want to touch on this. So in my clinic, because I'm, I'm a nutritional counselor and I have my coaches and we're getting a nurse practitioner to help with the hyperbarics and blood work and whatnot. Um, but things like extra tools, because, you know, nutrition can only take you so far. That's the physical, right? But what we're actually going to be bringing on in our clinic really soon is ketamine therapy to help mm. people actually break those heart walls and get into the shadow work. Yeah. You know, because half of my clients, when I'm, I'm coaching them, one, I get them in tears because we're getting to the root cause, which is emotion and mindset and trauma and subconscious negative belief systems. But, but how do we take years worth of that patterning and fix it in a short time frame? right? Like, well, you can go and meditate for three years in some Buddhist monastery, or we can do some rounds of ketamine therapy, right? And the ketamine therapy helps to bring those heart walls down. So think the stars that even though we have this, this really, this, this, a lot of darkness going on in our world right now, the world, we are also manifesting these medicines that are helping people yeah. do true healing. Another thing that we're going to be bringing into our, our clinic soon, which is phenomenal, and I want people to keep an eye open for this, is they are doing phase three clinical trials on obviously humans with MDMA and yeah. psilocybin, and they're curing anxiety and PTSD and depression in like four sessions and they're curing like 66% of their subjects, right? Their cases, yeah. which is unheard of. And these are like heart medicines. These are empathogens, right? These are things, these are medicines that are breaking down those heart walls and allowing people to see things clearly for the first time in who knows how many decades. And so they're coming to the light, right? And they're at the forefront and like scientists and doctors and psychologists, like everyone's just waiting because we see how bad the mental health crisis has gotten and we see the need for these medicines and we're all just waiting, right? And well, so, it's, so it's know, coming. It's so interesting because, you know, I don't talk a lot about psychedelics on the show. Mm-hmm. 
but I know in, even in my own journey and I'll be fully transparent, like I have Mm -hmm. used, you know, almost all of them Mm -hmm. to help me experience some level of deeper connection with myself. And it's a tricky subject because, you know, I think that the disconnect between like the mind your, your, your mind is a protector in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when we talk about doing personal development work and we're doing mindset work, mm-hmm. we're trying to learn new habits or make changes. If you go at it straight mind versus mind, mm. you're always going to lose always. because your protector is stayed up. Yes. So what a lot of these medicines do, at least in my experience, what they do is they, they, they soften the protector. Mm-hmm. They don't make it go away. Yep. They just soften mm-hmm. that that protective nature so that right. what's truly actually hurting yeah. can be shown. Yeah. And when it's shown, then you can make a choice yeah. to heal or love or expand or accept it. And a lot of times it's 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 it is amazing. I mean, the science is amazing. The trials are amazing. And amazing. I'm really, and the I'm really research excited is about, unheard of. Yeah, it's I, so I've phenomenal. been actually really wanting to bring on like an expert soon onto the show to actually talk more about, because mm-hmm. I, I do know that whether it's talked about or not, this wave is coming. It's, it's here, man. It's here. We're in the beginning yeah, of it and it's, it's just going to explode. Yeah. And it's so, and it's, and it's, and it's monumental for mental health and mm-hmm. just overall emotional well being. just yes. because we just need a different way. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And you know, everything we're talking about right now is so that we can create more grounded, connected lives, right? right? Yeah, like that's 100%. the upside. Like mm-hmm. it's not to be in this full blown anxious state at all times. Yeah. It's so that we can actually have loving relationships. It's mm-hmm. so that we can have a healthy relationship with our bodies. I mean, the more I get connected with my heart, the more, in fact, the more I, I integrate my shadow, it's fascinating how, my my own habits of wellness yeah. are evolving. Yeah. Like I was talking yeah. about like right now I'm in the middle of like this very intense gut cleanse that mm-hmm. I would not have actually been able to get to yeah. if I wouldn't have looked at some of the shadow aspects of myself that were holding on to a certain lifestyle or mm-hmm. a way of being or me drinking or eating or doing certain things to numb my pain and mm-hmm. run away from what I was feeling. But when mm-hmm. I actually went into it and felt it, it's like my body naturally wanted to choose differently. Right. And well, it, well, and can I talk to that? Because, yeah, you know, you're saying the drinking and the eating, like we think of them as like negative and da, 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 it's self-destructive. It's actually our body. We're trying to like nurture ourselves, yeah, right? We are. And so if you are numbing out and you're going towards food and alcohol, it's not because you don't have enough willpower. It's because you are literally trying to nurture yourself because there's pain that you're not going into. Yeah. Right. And so things that I like I've learned actually from Gina is like, if you are ready to she's do so the shadow, great, right? she's so amazing. <laughs> oh my have, God. We both have this we like, both love her. <laughs> we're both obsessed with her. And so the thing that, that and if you are, if you have an addiction or something, it's literally because you're trying to self-soothe. So what, what shadow are you pushing down? Mm. Because addiction is just a symptom of you pushing down a shadow that is bubbling to the surface and you're pushing it down so hard so hard that you are literally like numbing out, right? You're self-soothing and numbing out, but it's leading to a place that's getting more and more unhealthy. So is it really that bad to go into the shadow and start doing the healing work? And a lot of people, for them, they say, well, if I do my shadow work, that means I'm going to have to look at my marriage differently, or I'm going to have to create boundaries with certain family members, or I'm going to have to love myself more than X, Y, and Z, you know? And so going into the shadow work 
sometimes does mean you're going to have to ruffle feathers. And that's, ah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that's one of the bigger resistances to wanting to go in. Mm -hmm. I remember for myself, like, you know, when I really started going into my emotions and really looking at things I was not ready to look at. I remember like, in fact, like with my last relationship, like the reason why I really started going into my emotions is because I was with her for nine years and I wasn't proposing. Mm. Right. And that was Mm -hmm. a truth I didn't want to look at. Yeah. Like I didn't want to. I was like, so let me just not look at my emotions. I'm just going to pretend everything's okay and keep going, going, going. Mm -hmm. And it did lead to my relationship ending. And that's scary for a lot of people who are in marriage, who are in marriages that, you know, that they don't know if they want to be in or not, or they have kids that they don't want to disappoint, or they're too deep in business partnerships Mm -hmm. doing the wrong work that really isn't in alignment with where they want to be. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. and maybe you can speak to that because I would love to hear your perspectives on like, the fear of your life changing too much. Mm. Can you speak to that in some way? Or like if, if someone's really afraid of like life being different Mm -hmm. or like the unknown in that, like how can, yeah. All I can say is that it's better on the other side. I promise it's so much better. There's safety. Like what you're doing right now, if you are too scared to leave a codependent relationship based off of transactional love, because that's really what it is. These unhealthy relationships are based off of this transactional love, right? Yeah. And so you're depending on them to help you feel worthy and loved, and they're depending on you to make them feel worthy and loved, right? And it's it's messy and it's icky and it's and it's uh, you know. But if you can get to the other side and recognize that there is a fountain of like endless unconditional love that will fuel you every single day and inspire you every single day of your life you would run to that. And unfortunately, it's hard to explain to someone who's never been in that feeling state of of unconditional love because all they've known is transactional. So all I can say is I promise it is so much better on the other side. It's so much better. Well, and I also just want to share like, just because you're doing, like if you don't have a partner, whether it's a Mm -hmm. business partner, a relationship partner, someone who's doing the work with you, like that doesn't mean that you can't still go into your shadow. Yeah and use tools to actually bring in more love into where you're at right Right. now. Like most people I think have this fear like, Oh, I'm going to go do this stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm going to change and I'm going to want to throw everything out. No, but you also chose to be in your life today because of, of things like you chose to love the person you're loving, Mm -hmm. you know, like you chose like, and and I think that's where. And you can still love them, but you have to love yourself more. Yes. And And if anyone is going to stop you from loving yourself, that's not healthy. That's toxic. It shouldn't be a threat. If you loving yourself is threatening to someone else, whoa, right? Wow. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep I going. Love, thank you for interrupting me. That was perfect. <laughs> no, that was like, I think, well, because that's the piece, right? It's, it's, it's self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And self-love is not selfish love. It's self-love. And when you fill your love cup, you can then give what's overflowing into other people's. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think, and going back to like, you know, we talked about like what's normal in society mm-hmm. versus what's not, yeah. right? Like boundaries are not normal in society, no. like no. setting boundaries. And like, mm-hmm. I remember when I first started setting boundaries with friends or or people in my life that I needed boundaries with, mm-hmm. like I remember them being really offended at first, Yeah, really offended. And I had to go through a lot of my own, like, and that used to hurt me mm-hmm. because I was like, man, I'm hurting my friends. I'm hurting my family until I, I came to the realization that no, okay, like, me setting a boundary is actually really just highlighting their own resistance. Like it's like 
their own, like it's like their own stuff around the fact that they haven't been setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so there's triggers that exist. And I think that's why it's so important to to do this stuff. Like if you're going to go into the shadow, like I said, go to a therapist, have a counselor, mm-hmm. a coach, or even friends or people that are just mm-hmm. on this journey, because it's so important as you begin to change your life into one that is more grounded, right? Yes. Like in, into one that is more connected mm-hmm. into one that is in more alignment with who you are in your soul. Yeah. Like it's really helpful to have people around you to hold you and people to, to mirror back at you when you are being in that victim energy, that fearful mm-hmm. energy. And when you are being in your highest good, yeah. like I certainly needed people to tell me and show me and like, put a sign in my face like Raj mm-hmm. you okay yes no and mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful so I just feel called to tell, tell everyone that we love you <laughs> like this is I, I know that it's this episode in particular it's there's a lot of we've been dropping a lot of truth bombs I, I, I think it's loving yourself is the kindest thing you can do telling the truth the honest truth Sitting with the shadow is the kindest thing you can do because underneath that, that decision to face the shadow is love. I think loving yourself is the biggest service you can give to the world because then you become a mirror for someone else to do the work. And if we were all loving ourselves, then we would see that reflect in our communities and we'd see that reflect like throughout, you know, our nations and our world. And really like self-love and, you know, Tristan's mission towards the end of his life was to be an example of the healing power of self-love, right? And that's really how we heal the world. We heal ourselves with self-love. And then, you know, then we, then we raise the, the vibrational frequency of our consciousness to where we will find poverty, you know, unacceptable and racism unacceptable. And, you know, like, but, but that all has to come from a place of self-love and expanding energy and not contracting energy. So the best service you could give to the world is to love yourself first and then love everyone else around you. What has been the impact of your kids seeing you embark on a journey of self-love? Oh, man. Or even them seeing Trist. I mean, like, I'm just curious to hear, like, just as both of you started Mm. embarking on this, like, what do you see in them? My kids are freaking brilliant. Like, my kids are so deep. They have so much depth. Before, when I was an anxious wreck, my kids were highly anxious, right? And they felt unsafe and all of these things. But as I've been doing the work and I've been modeling to them self-love and, you know, we do, we try to do this thing every night. I love my body. I love my mind. I love my soul. I love my heart, right? They open up a lot more. We have, my children are almost eight and almost five and they have these really deep discussions. Like my son, the other day, we're driving in the car and he's like, mom, I guess I'm lucky dad died because now I now get to experience things most people don't experience. And I was like, what? (laughs) Who is this child? Like most adults would never, ever even like come to that conclusion or even like to most people, our lives is their worst nightmare. But what people don't see are these gorgeous conversations that I have with my children you know, just the other day, my, my, uh, my daughter's teacher was parent teacher and, you know, she's almost five. And the teacher was like, Satori like is a remarkable old soul. And I'm like, I know, you know, like, I know she is. And like, and they were like, we were really worried because her dad just died when she entered the school year. 
But Satori talks like her dad is here all the time. Like she always talks about how her dad shows up in rainbows and how much she loves him and how much he loves her. And it's like, he's here. And I'm like, it's because he is, he is here. He's just in a different form. You know, I told my kids from the beginning, we may not see dad with our eyes, but we can feel him with our hearts, Mm. you know? And, and here's the thing. I could not have taught them these lessons if I was entrenched in trauma and if my nervous system was activated and I was fearful, I would probably be in a mental hospital if I didn't do my shadow work, right? My shadow work prepped me for this. And the beauty is that I've been able, as Tristan died, you know, a lot of like I shared openly that how the process was and like, and all the gosh, miracle after miracle after miracle. I don't know if I could have called those miracles in if I was in a state of trauma and contraction and anger and sadness and woe is me. But we, you know, when Tristan died, the energy that I tried to create was I miss him so much and I feel him and I feel his love and I still love him and I'm still connected to him. And what was remarkable was creating that energy allowed for the miracles to pour in because Tristan showed himself as rainbows in people's dreams. And I'm not, I kid you not, there was so many rainbows right after he died over. So on his, during, after his funeral, massive rainbow over Provo. Like every time people took photos, there were rainbow flares in the photos. He came and told me, you know, by a friend who's very intuitive, he's like, look for me in rainbows. I will come in rainbows. And so sometimes some and people didn't know that, but I would all of a sudden get like a letter with a rainbow sticker on it, right? Or someone would like bring a rainbow this, or I'm not even kidding you, on my birthday, when my girlfriends took me out for my birthday, the restaurant knew it was my birthday and they brought me a rainbow cake. And throughout the dinner, there was like this rainbow flare on the wall right next to me, right? And so there's all these beautiful miracles of rainbows of Tristan showing like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But I don't know if I could have been open to these yeah. miracles if I was in an, in a contracted, angry, scared, anxious energy. I So I personally believe how we connect with our loved ones because our essence is love. Our our souls are the vibrational frequency of love. You know, even in the Bible, they say God is love. And so when I can be met in that vibrational frequency of love, I connect with Tristan. I see him. I feel him. You know, I don't see his body, but I see him in the rainbows. And I like, I kid you not, like there are like, I see him in rainbows and camera flares. And every time I take a photo, there's a camera flare somewhere. And it's like the most obscure things. I'm like, there's no light in this room. How is there a camera flare? Right. But there's always these flares and there's always these rainbows. And now my kids every day, they're like, mom, look a rainbow. It's dad. Dad's here. Mom, look a rainbow. Dad's here. Hi, dad. You know, and it's just, you know, like he's always here because we are, we've practiced. And again, I'm not always like this. There's some, there's still sadness because I still love him and I miss him. And that sadness will never go away. I just need to change my relationship to it. Right. But when I can stay in that frequency of love, I connect with him and I can see him and I feel him so strong and my kids feel him so strong. And like my son, Tennyson, he'll be like, he'll be like, mom, I'm looking at a rainbow right now. And I'm just in this state of like happiness and joy. And, you know, like they're creating these, these like amazing feeling states and they're getting these downloads and they're, they're processing them with me, you know, and they don't even realize they're doing it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's remarkable. Like it's really remarkable. And yeah, like we're sad and like occasionally Tennyson will be like, why did it have to be us? And, and, you know, and I'll say, well, 
why not us? Right. And let's talk about the things that we've learned. And yeah, let's talk about our sadness. Like, man, we love dad so much, but look at the depth that we're getting in our lives and look at how we can still communicate with him and look at the miracles that he continues to bring into our life. It's just in a different form well, now. I, I just love you so much. I, 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 what I'm just loving is like, by you not being afraid of the shadow of feeling no. the sadness, the grief of losing a husband, like by you not being, Oh, af- I'm still afraid of it. Trust afraid. me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but I've afraid. changed my relationship to change it. your relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Because it's, you've changed your relationship to where it, mm-hmm. you're not, when I say you're not afraid of it, I mean that there isn't a resistance in, in that way of like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel this yeah. because if you weren't feeling that, Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to hold the space for right. your kids. Right. And I think a lot about that in just the idea of the shadow. Like when I allow myself to experience anger and rage and mm-hmm. truly allow myself to go into, into the it. depths of me, mm-hmm. I can hold the space for Gina when she's in rage, when she's activated, when something's showing up. Like same thing with my family. Like when we allow ourselves to truly integrate all of us into, into, into the light, it creates the space for everyone around us to do the same. And I, gosh, I just love you so much. Like you. you are, you are just one of the most beautiful and brilliant souls that I've ever met. I, I still remember when one of the first few months I met you, when you were in it, you know, oh, Tristan, like you were, mm-hmm. you were caring hard, for him yeah. at home. I mean, like, I just remembered looking at you, you know what's funny? Like I remember everyone around, I think we talked about this. Like I remember everyone around kind of like kind of giving you a pity party in some way, like mm. just kind of being there. Like, what does she need? Like, let me, I remember looking at you and I was like, she doesn't need anything except right. Like, right. Like, you know what? Like when I was telling someone, my husband has cancer and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And you said, no, she's fine. She's crushing it. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was like, I'm fine. I'm handling this really well. You know, like, I don't need your, your sadness and your sorrow. Like, I, I'm doing really good. Well, and you were right there with me. You were like, she's crushing this. She's doing great. Don't worry. Like, don't, don't give her worrying energy. Worrying energy is not love. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. And like, I just remembered seeing you so big. I've seen you so big along the journey. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of like, who you are, who you're becoming, well, thank you how for you, being my mirror. How you are with your kids, like the way you're showing up. And and I just, I'm so inspired and I'm so just thank like, you. I just love you. And I'm I'm just so grateful that I get to, I get to call you my sister. Thank you. I'm favorite. so lucky that we're just like soul tribe <laughs> and you're my brother. And I get to see you like once a month. And when I don't see you once a month, I'm sad. Like I miss you. But yeah, I know this, this, I hope this was uh, helpful for your listeners and that, you know, it like people feel ready to like go into the hard and feel and like bring it out. Right. Because yeah. it really it is so much better on the other side. And and not only are you doing it for you, but you're doing it for the people around you. You're giving them permission to do the work as well, you know, and then you get to inspire people to do it as well. So but it, it starts with us. Right. And it starts with doing it for you first yeah. and finding that peace and that self-love because that's what's really is going to transform the world. Yeah. So oh, I well, thank you, Raj. I love you, Janique. Love and you. if anything we said on this podcast resonated, message Janique, message me, tag us on social. We're here and you do not have to be doing this alone. You don't. You really don't. Even just simply sharing where you're at mm-hmm. with people. Like, I mean, I can't tell you 
how healing it is to just be able to talk about the parts of ourselves that we're not proud of. Because when we remove the shame, that is in itself healing. Mm -hmm. Like you give it space to breathe. Right. Shani, I got one last question for you. Yes. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Hmm. How do I stay grounded? Oh, that's a good one. It's funny. The first thing that popped into my head is literally laying in my bed with my kids snuggling me. Isn't that interesting? That's like, those are the moments I live for. That's like, that's how I stay grounded is just a love fest with Mm. my children and just being with them and holding them. I know you probably wanted like a different answer, but like... I wanted what was most authentic <laughs> for is, you. Like, how do I stay grounded? My my family, like my mm. ch- like just being there and holding them and snuggling them is grounding for me and just snuggles, like snuggies. We call it snuggies. Come snuggies me. And so the, the most peace and like the moments of greatest awe and which, which to me feels like grounding is plugging into them and their love mm-hmm. and obviously my own, but like just sharing that with them. That's how. Mm. <sighs> I love you. And I'm just so grateful we got to do this finally. I know. Enough, but finally. it's here, everybody. That is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Janique. And from us, stay grounded. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.